you got to change. You got to pivot with the times. You know, there's people out there that are still doing business the same way they did 30 years ago. And albeit if they're successful or making money, uh, doesn't mean they're truly successful because they're missing opportunities, right? So we all see and know the power of social media. And my whole thing is branding, branding, branding. When you think real estate, you think mortgage, you think buying a house, you better be thinking who is Josh G. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. We go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 28 of the First Sip Podcast. We're fired up about today. Today, we have an awesome guest with us. We have the guy who is Josh G. So, mm. had to emphasize mm. that's his brand. He has built it. He's sitting here Let with us. Let the people know. And, and everything that comes with who is Josh G <laughs> came through within the first five minutes of us meeting him. Josh, thanks so much for being with us here today. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, Josh, I guess we'll just dive right into it. First things first, of course, what are we sipping on? Well, if I do imbibe in some libations, quality over quantity, I got a little bit of Don Julio, 1942 <laughs> here. So if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. I can't disappoint. Oh, man. You just guys, straight? If you sipping, I'm sipping on the best. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just straight, Salute. Josh? There we go. There we go. I'll drink. We got drinks. Oh, he said salute. J- just, just straight ice. How do we do just it? Just straight. Just neat. No mm, ice. No I lime. Mean, no salt. Just straight. From glass yeah. to glass. There you <laughs> go. Yep. I love it. That's I love awesome. it. Josh, why don't you? We'll get right started. Why don't you tell us where you're coming from? Awesome. So I'm a mortgage lender. Uh, my main hub is the Greater Philadelphia uh, area, uh, serving uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Also do a lot of relocations to Florida, uh, and we're going to be expanding um, across the country as well. But um, Philly is my home. It's my city of brotherly love. I love the city. I love the people. Um, so I've been lending in this area uh, for over 20 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Very passionate about what I do. Um, and my goal is to uh, help families um, gain wealth uh, through real estate and creating that generation wealth that can be handed down from generation to generation and, and break those molds of, you know, financial irresponsibility by, you know, creating assets through real estate. Yeah. yeah. So you said that's, that's great. Creating generational wealth. You, you were just teaching a class. Is that what you said? Yeah. Right so you came uh, earlier this evening, um, I was teaching a class at a Keller Williams office that I have a relationship with as one of their preferred lenders. Um, and I'm very well inundated with what realtors do on a daily basis in mm-hmm. order for me to master my craft. I need to know what my realtor partners need. Um, so I've really learned a lot from my realtors and Keller Williams is great. Um, they have a lot of trainings um, and they have a system called a 411 and a GPS. And mainly it's about goal setting and the 411 it's really cool um the four is for four weeks the one is for one month and the other one is for one year so it's about taking these big rocks of saying okay i want to make you know whatever a hundred thousand dollars this year as a real estate agent and breaking it down onto the daily activities that you got to do in order to reach those goals so many times people say you know on instagram i'm, I'm an entrepreneur or mm. i'm starting this okay great how are you going to get there Mm. And most people go, oh, like, I don't know. 
So mm. you got to write down those goals. You know, they got to be measurable, attainable, all that, your smart goals, right? And then execute on a daily being consistent. So that was the uh, class that I was teaching. And uh, hopefully it was pretty impactful. We got a lot of great feedback, a lot of aha moments. So, um, you know, I love mentoring, coaching, teaching, um, you know, pouring into others, um, helping them avoid any pitfalls that I might have encountered along the way uh, in my journey through real estate. Was there, is there any like small nuggets or little, little tidbits you can give us from the class that you taught something that you felt was a key moment or, or you think something you said that really resonated with your group? Yep. So the beautiful part about 411 is there's two columns. Uh, One is for your business goals and the other one's for your personal goals. And my biggest thing is there's no such thing as a work-life balance. That's bullshit. Okay. Um, It's about life balance, right? So when you live a life by design and a fulfilled life, right? Work goes right into it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't have a job. I have a career. It's who I am. It's what I do. So that's become part of my life. So my business is part of my life. My life is part of my business. Right. So everything that I do on a daily basis to improve myself will directly or indirectly improve my business and vice versa. The improvements I make in my business will continue to make improvements in my personal life. So you have to have that synergy. And that's where you don't have to worry where people say, oh, you got to take the hats on and off. You know, now I'm wearing a hat as a branch manager. Now I'm adding, you know, a hat as a husband. Now I'm both all the time, 24 Mm -hmm. times, you know, and I think that's where it's human nature. It's so easy for us to compartmentalize stuff when there's really more synergy. Um, so uh, there's big aha moments for a lot of people because we've all worked with that person that's always late to work. They got drama at home. They can't get a babysitter. Their car's always in the shop. You know, so-and-so's always sick and they're a terrible worker, yeah. right? Because your life is a disarray. All so, over the place. Right. Fix that and watch how much better you'll be at work. Or your work's in disarray, you come home disgruntled, and then you're having arguments with your wife and you're going out to the barn drinking yourself to sleep, right? So you don't want that. You want to have that synergy in your life. So that's what we were talking about is planning that your business goals and your life goals ultimately are gonna go like this and you're gonna have that harmony. And you know that's why I say, you know, You'll never work a day in your life if you do what you love. I love what I do. I've, I've been going nonstop since 530. This is all natural, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you that. know what I mean? Because I love what I do and the energy, yeah. you know, and, and hanging out with young gentlemen such as yourself gets me fired up, you know, so I, I just love it. So there was a lot of aha moments of people going, wow, you know, they didn't realize that it's not two separate things. They're together. Hmm. Sure. So <clears throat> when, you're, when you're standing up there and, and you're having all these aha moments, you're teaching just because I, I find that awesome alone. The fact that you're, you're set, taking time to create a class, create a ideology and relay it to your students. That's great. What do you think is the biggest takeaway that they're walking away from? I know you said they're getting a couple aha moments, but what point are you trying to drive home the most? Is it that synergy? The, the synergy and numbers don't lie, right? There we go. Um, Ooh, that's... You, Ooh, that's the truth. That's right. It's that, truth, that's right? what I wanted to that's hear. The, something. Yeah. the numbers don't lie. So if you say, okay, I want to make $100,000 in real estate. Okay. How many homes you got to sell? Hmm. Most go, I don't know. What's your average price point? I don't know. Right? So there's too many I don't knows, which then, how are you going to get to your goal? 
right? So you got to break down those rocks. So if you want to be a $100,000 producer, all right, and your average sales price is two fifty, dollars and your average commission is 2.5%, how many homes you got to sell, right? And then, okay, you, then you come to that number, and then I go, okay, well, how many on the buy side? How many on the listing side? Right. And then where are you going to get your leads from? Are you going to get them from your sphere, from social media, from your podcast? Right. Um, You know, are you going to get it from real estate developers, builders, architects, financial Mm -hmm. planners, accountants, you know, open houses? There's so many ways to generate that business. You have to plan it out because some some avenues are going to be better for others, you know, depending on what they're into. So it's really taking those big rocks and breaking them down to smaller rocks and doing the daily activities that you need to do to get to your goal. You just can't say, I'm going to make $100,000 and get up out of bed and walk out the door to go to work. You're not going to hit that goal because you have no plan. Yeah, I, f- I feel like a lot of people try to tell themselves they can, though, without without breaking it down to, to that point. And, and the thing is, is like people will plan, right? You, you, mm-hmm. you, you go to the gym, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I did three sets of 10, you know, yeah, I did 185, exactly. 215, 225, right? You know what you just did. There's an exact reason why you break it down that way. yeah, Right, because you want to progress in the gym, right? You're mm-hmm. going to scale your bench or whatever you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So we do it at the gym, but we won't do it in our own lives with our own finances and our own financial obligations. Mm-hmm. It's ludicrous, right? Well, like, well, or, like you said, it forces you to realize the truth. You know what I mean? And because the numbers don't lie. Correct. So and that's a there, hard yeah. pill for people to swallow, right? Is owning your own BS and, and getting out of your own way. I always say we are our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you're able to confront yourself about that and kind of push yourself aside and say, okay, this is what we're going to do then it becomes a reality. Exactly right. Because once you see the numbers and the work that you need to put in, you're like, wow, that's totally attainable. Why aren't I doing it? It's because you're unfocused. Mm -hmm. Break it down to the simple. Correct. Right. Exactly. Break it down to its simplest elements. Yeah. So, okay. You touched on social media, the podcast, getting everything going. Then let's start there. When we're transitioning over, you've built a brand. Mm -hmm. Who was Josh G, the guy, right? You have over 80,000 followers on Instagram. Pat yourself on the back. That's phenomenal. Go check them out, people. That's go awesome. go follow yeah. them. We'll talk about follow, it. follow you back. He's yeah. always we'll, dropping in. We'll share, we'll share content. Yep. We'll be all over the place. How did you do that? How did you escalate that to the 80,000 followers from a guy who, to be honest, your generation, social media is not your thing, Josh. It's, lot, it's not it's your not. thing. And you are standing out. You're making so it how, look easy. You're making you it look that? easy. That's our thing. How'd you right. do that? Well, exactly. So the main thing is, is, is you got to adapt, right? So you got to change, you got to pivot with the times, you know, there's people out there that are still doing business the same way they did 30 years ago. And albeit if they're successful or making money, uh, doesn't mean they're truly successful because they're missing opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. So we all see and know the power of social media. And my whole thing is branding, branding, branding. When you think real estate, you think mortgage, you think buying a house, you better be thinking who is Josh J because I can handle all that. I know it all, right? So I brand and brand and brand. But in order to grow that following, I'm consistent with it, right? I'm consistently posting, consistent with my brand. If you look at my wall, everything has my face on it. I'm not putting up memes. I'm not Mm -hmm. snapping pictures of what I'm drinking or what I'm having for dinner because honestly, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. But people care about who I am and what what Josh G is doing. What is Josh G up to next, you know? And then I want to bring meaningful content to people. 
I am not a gorgeous girl in a bikini, right? <laughs> That's easy to gain a following on Instagram. Yeah. I'm a fat old dude, right? <laughs> so what do I got to do? I have to bring value, yeah, right? It works, yeah. Exactly. So I want to motivate people to bring up their level. And if I help change their life, through that, that's super, super powerful. And it can be done through social media. And I've made a lot of connections, met a lot of people, um, gained a lot of business from it. But the way I grew the following is real simple. Consistence, consistency, consistency with my posts, consistently posting, can uh, consistently engaging with my audience. You know, mm-hmm. they show me love with likes, comments, shares, whatever. I do the same in return. You know, I'm always commenting on people's stuff. So I stay top of mind, you know, Um, you know, you you can search, right? Philadelphia real estate and see who tagged it. And then I DM them. Hey, I see that you're a realtor. Oh, I love your posts. Would love to meet meet up with you. Right. And we connect that way. So it's a social media is a great connector and even more powerful during these strange times with COVID and everything where people are locked up. How else are you going to get that human touch? I'm a people person. I was dying inside. Thank God I had social media so I could still see that friends, families, coworkers, you know, the relationship partners all are doing well through it. Right. Mm. So I love social media. And and, but the key is that in order to build it, you got to be consistent and it's all about you. Show your brand. Nobody nobody cares about the house you just sold. Nobody cares about what you just ate for dinner. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the beautiful rainbow that yep. you saw after the so It's all about you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want to connect with you on a personal level. Um, people like to do business with people that they like, you know, and I'm very approachable and a very likable guy. So let's do some business. Let's make some money together. Let's go. I love it. I love it. So that's, awesome. that's a perfect segue. So one thing we wanted to definitely talk about because everybody outside of the real estate market seems to be talking about it a lot more than people in the real estate market is the incoming crash of the market or why I can't buy right now in the market. All these obstacles that don't seem, well, you know, some of them may be real, but there's always a way, right? So let's talk about some of those challenges that people are really running into on the business side of real estate. Yeah. Um, I really don't think they're challenges. Um, there's self-limiting beliefs, there's self-fulfilling prophecies, um, because the real estate market is just like any other market, right? Um, stock market, crypto, right? Oh, Bitcoin's a joke. It just crashed. It was back up to over 45,000. Back up, yep. Way up. Right? Hello? So, Some look, people the when sale. the price is right, the price is right, right? And I always say this to my clients, right? If I were to go buy a Mercedes, right, for $25,000, brand new, 2021, right? And I get it for twenty five thousand dollars. I got a phenomenal deal, right? Yeah. Oh, insane deal! You got to right. me up what? with that guy, Josh. Yeah, e- exactly. So <laughs> if my neighbor, yeah. right? So my neighbor goes to that same Mercedes dealership and walks away with that exact same Mercedes for thirty five thousand. Did they get a bad deal? No, because mm-hmm. it's a hundred thousand dollar plus car. Yeah. Right. But you're worried about what the other guy's doing. You need to be worried about what you're doing. Right. So I might have seventy five thousand dollars in equity. Right. In that Mercedes that the other guys got sixty five thousand. But the guy on the sideline who said, oh, the prices keep increasing on that Mercedes. He's at zero Mm -hmm. and half a zero zero. Wow. Right. I was having this conversation with somebody. I was having you sitting there on the sideline, just waiting for the right time to get in there and not really understanding 
where you can gain the value from, where you can leverage the the asset that you're about to buy into. Correct. You know. So that's why you need a professional, right? That's why you hire a real estate agent to help guide you through it to say this is a good buy. Just like I have a financial advisor that manages my retirement. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, do I have play money in crypto? Heck yeah. You know, <laughs> did I rebuy into to Bitcoin when it dropped into the 20s? Hell yeah. yeah. You know? There we but go. Am I going to beat myself up that I only bought X amount when it was at five grand when I first got into it? No. You know, I made money off of that. I made money when I rebought at 17. I made money when I rebought at 28. So what's the problem? Right. You might say, oh, Josh, you bought at 28 instead of five. Ha ha ha. No, ha 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 on you because you have zero (laughs) and it's 45,000 a day. Still sitting on the sideline. Correct. So, you you know, look, I got my shirt on. Right. In order to, to get action, you must take action. Right. Mm-hmm. So in order to get money, you got to be prepared to spend money. Right. You know, and real estate has been a solid investment throughout history. Right. There's only so much square footage in the city. Right. You know, I do. I do the Jersey Shore as well. There's only so much real estate that touches the sand or the water. Mm. Right. So it's a limited asset. So if you got it, you, you really have to make a boneheaded move not to make money in real estate. So anybody that's wor- wor- waiting on the sidelines or saying, oh, I'm waiting for the deal of the century, they're never going to pull the trigger. They're time wasters. All talk, no action. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, you just raised the point there about looking at it as an investment. And sometimes when I talk to a lot of these people who are having these complications in their own mind, it's you're not looking at this as an investment. You're, you're, you're looking at it as a story that you're trying to fulfill and instead of running some numbers and saying, okay, what could be the potential exit strategy in five, 10 years? If I'm under 35 and I have no kids, no family, you know what I mean? Or if it's just me and my, my wife, my girlfriend, maybe we can move in another five to 10 years after we do some, some renovations to this property, or maybe the equity in the house will go up because of some other things that are going on in the area if we buy in another area. Maybe this doesn't have to be where we live forever. But what is your real exit strategy out of it instead of looking at this as being oh, well, now I'm locked in for, because my mortgage says 30 years, now I'm here for 30 years, so let me buy that house in the perfect neighborhood with the perfect school district, perfect, 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 and drop 800000 when I can really drop 600000 and get the same thing, or five hundred. Correct, I- I- exactly, and they'll have that mentality when it comes to a house, but nothing else in life, right? That's, that's, a good that's why you see single people in their fifties and sixties. Cause they're waiting for the perfect spouse. The perfect spouse doesn't exist. Mm. Right. I want a girl that's immaculate and does this and does that. No, man, look, my wife's perfect. You know, she's perfect for me, accepts me for me and all my faults. You know what I mean? So, mm. but I'm not alone either. Right. I didn't sit yeah. on the sideline. I got in the game, but people will get in the game with stuff that doesn't matter, but the stuff that matters They'll sit on the sideline. Mm. So <clears throat> then I have, a, I have a question for you because there's there are there's a bunch of people sitting on the sidelines nowadays, yep. especially with uncertainty with COVID, mm-hmm. the, the big bear in the room. <clears throat> what is your advice for someone right now who say they're, they're in their mind, they're not they don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore in their mind? What do you think the best way to prep yourself? If you want to buy a house in six months? You think in six months you're going to pull a trigger. What would you like your ideal client to start doing ahead of time? Okay, so two things, right? Number one, they need to hire a professional, meaning a real estate agent, okay? Your real estate agent, if you do not know one, will recommend you to a lender, me, Mm -hmm. okay? 
the first step really is to get pre-qualified. You need to know where you stand financially in order to buy a home because you don't want to wait that six months, raise your hand and say, okay, I'm ready to buy a home. You talk to me and I go, well, you got a 560 credit score and you got three grand in the bank. Can't help you, right? Most valuable thing in the world is time. Let's use those six months. We can get your credit score up in six months. We can get your savings up in six months, right? It's that old saying, you know, those that fail to plan, plan to fail, right? So if you're thinking about purchasing a home, there's two professionals that you need to speak to, a real estate agent and a mortgage lender to help guide you through the process, educate you and set proper expectations up front. So that way you have a successful transaction and end up getting what you want. So, I mean, it's that simple. Mm, talk to them. Mm-hmm. And now, okay, so you, you get your professionals in line. You got a dream client. He's he's checking off your boxes. What are those boxes looking like? My, my goal here mm-hmm. is someone sitting in the car listening right now, and they're saying, you know what? I do want to buy a house in a year. Maybe I will call Josh I'm G. calling Josh today. I'm calling Josh. Right. How am I prepping myself now? What else what's should up, I get in line? You? What, what documents should I show up with, Josh? Yeah. Well, or what, what docs real, do you Real do? easy. It's, it's, it's the rule of two. Really easy to remember. So pretty much most everybody's paid biweekly. So you need 30 days worth of pay stubs. So two pay stubs. Mm-hmm. Two years W-2s two years most recent tax returns and two months most recent bank statements. You have all that together. That's pretty much going to give your lender all the information that they're going to need in order to pre-qualify you. And we'll do a credit check on our end. So that's it. I mean, it's, it's so simple folks. And if you go and see my reviews, everybody says I would have bought a house sooner if I met Josh and realized how easy it is because listen, the internet is great, but it's not the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. It's a source of information, but there's a lot of misinformation out there and people do their own research. Mm-hmm. And then when they encounter a professional such as myself, it's a lot of re-education, you know, and showing them, look, it's not as difficult. You know, you're hearing the horror stories. And the reason why they're horror stories is you hired the wrong professional because who you work with matters. Work with the best and you'll have the best transaction you've ever had. It's that easy. Okay. And now we've gotten to the table now. We've been approved. What's the underwriting process start to look like from your guys' end? What are you guys looking for to get the deal done? Well, it's pretty High easy. Level. Yeah, the way we operate is we do full pre-approvals up front um, because in this market, it's very competitive. So we put our buyers in the best possible position to get their offers accepted. So we take all that documentation um, and get the files pre-underwritten. So all we really need is an appraisal, uh, clean title. And we can go to and a contract and we go to closing. So underwriting standards, um, folks, right now um, are pretty easy. Most lenders go down to a 580 credit score. You know, you got to try real hard to have a 580 credit score. Yeah. Okay, that's you're, you're not paying bills. You got like late. You gotta stay there. Yep. Yeah, like you got collections. Right. I mean, you you could get you probably get a mortgage easier than you can get a car. And a better interest rate. <laughs> and as, as somebody who used to do a lot of auto loans, that is very true. Yep. That is. Yep that wow that's yeah. exactly because you got 580 i mean you're gonna pay what 22 percent on an auto oh it's ridiculous people yeah, used you, to you, get you very get a, upset with me in the bank they yeah, you, you, you have a 580 you can still get into the threes mm-hmm. three and that's <laughs> another know? thing too like just staying on that point when you think about knowing knowing that information and then knowing how how much you're almost just holding yourself out by waiting correct exactly right? you get into this home now within this year within the next six months at a three, 4% interest rate, 
and now you're building equity over the next five years. If you were to wait the next two years just because you're thinking, I got to do this or maybe I got to do this and not even just because of a conversation you're not having. Mm. Yeah. That's I thousands mean, and think, thousands of dollars yeah. you're leaving I on mean, the table. Two, two grand a month in rent times two years, you know, it's twenty forty eight thousand dollars that you just gave your landlord's family. Thank you. Right. <laughs> um, instead of your own. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. So, you know, that's equity you could be building for yourself, mm. you know, and people don't realize that. Um, because, you know, they want to listen to the naysayers or their uncle who bought a home twice in his life. You know, all of a sudden he's an expert. Yep. So, okay. Um, given your experience and how long you've been in the market, are the rates really that great right now? And what are we looking at coming forward? I mean, they're amazing. Um, you know, COVID was a big thing for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Federal Reserve had to keep interest rates um, going low. But at some point, listen, folks, they got to go up. All those stimulus checks you're cashing, right? <laughs> That's money printed by the Federal Reserve. So, you know, interest rates have to go up to combat the inflationary dollar that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not going to be here forever, but the feds are artificially keeping rates low to keep the economy going. At some point, they're going to have to start moving back up because God forbid, if there's another financial crisis, they, they're not going to have the room to bring them back down. So So, eventually the market's going to have to correct itself. So, I mean, we've been talking about it forever, saying rates going to go up, rates are going to go up. And then COVID happened. You know, mm -hmm. we're not going to keep having catastrophic events that help keep rates low. They're eventually going to migrate. I mean, my parents' first mortgage was at 18 percent and they had good credit. You know, rates. Do I think rates will ever be that high? No, but they're definitely got to start climbing back out. You know, so take advantage of the low rates now. I mean, hell, I bought a new card this year. I don't even need one, mm-hmm. but I can't pass up one point nine eight percent on a new car. Wow. And I'm going to pay it back with an inflated dollar. Wow. But that's the issue. Most people don't understand how debt and money works. Right. I will borrow as much money as I can, as long as I can make money off of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I say to clients all the time. Right. If I lent you a million dollars. For a thousand dollar a month payment, would you take it? Yeah, oh, yes, and absolutely. Most people go, no, I don't want the thousand dollar payment. <laughs> that, right, and, and but I could true. take a yeah. million dollars, give it to my financial advisor, and passively, in interest and dividend income alone, make fifty thousand dollars for the year. Mm-hmm. It costs right. me twelve. Mm-hmm. But the short sightedness and the un- financially uneducated go, oh, I, I-, I can't spend an extra twelve thousand dollars a year. That's that's a really good point. And sometimes it takes Airy. it used to happen a lot when we were sitting there in the bank and we've had Dave on. Right. Mm-hmm. The amount of clients it would take after their first year for them to go back and sit down and I'm sitting there with them right? because they have no advisor and I'm looking at what they have just through their self-directed funds. I'm like, OK, what was your return over the past year? OK, that's interesting. Um, you know, what do you think about this return? How do you feel about it? And they'd be like, oh, you know, I feel OK. Why aren't you going ahead and getting your money managed? Oh, I don't want to pay the one percent fee. Okay, well, you you've made less than the average return on the market for the past 10 years based on the choices you are making. An advisor could have gotten you maybe at 15 percent, 16 percent, 20 percent. Right. If they're really just trying to be slightly aggressive. Yeah. If you want to be aggressive. Yeah. Right. Like, let's not talk about like the returns I had through the uh, through the pandemic. Thanks to Uncle Dave. I appreciate you. Shout out to you. Um, You know what I mean? But we did very good. 
and just sitting there and once again just looking at how some people are very like you said short-sighted where it's like okay i don't want to pay a couple thousand dollars when you can make tens of thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars when we're really talking about some of these accounts we would look at oh yeah because you're worried about this person making their one percent you're throwing five ten percent out the window just because you're making a faulty choice because you yep. thought gamestop was going to the moon and then it sank back down and you know because you thought coinbase was going to shoot right through the roof and it sunk back it's it's very short-sighted thinking and sometimes just i, I don't like at our age you know we always talk about just checking our ego you know what i mean and be like okay there's somebody out there who can kind of help us and get us to that next point let's have that awareness you know what i mean and that open mind thinking and be like okay how can this person put us on to the next level exactly you said it right you got, you got to hire the right professional to put you on mm-hmm. the where where you need to manage your money right so you got to have a great real estate agent you got to have a great mortgage banker you got to have a great accountant you got to have a great financial advisor you know you got to be around a sphere of people who are doing better than you Yo, yeah, what are you into? Put me on to what you're into, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm doing. All I'm doing is keep building, you know, passive income sources outside of real estate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I believe in real estate, but it's called diversification. I'm not stupid, yep. you know? And like I said, yeah, earlier I said crypto. That's my play money, you know? Sure. You know, you there's go. no such thing as get rich quick. You want to get rich quick, play the lottery. It ain't happening. We're wasting dollars, you know? It's a grind, but put your money into investment vehicle, like you said, you know, year over year, compounded returns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's powerful, but people are so short-sighted. They they see the cause. Oh, I don't want to pay the 1% or 1.5% management fee. And it's like, you're earning five. My guy's getting me over 17. Like, I'll pay him one and a half. I should be paying him 5%. I'm still making more than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who's the loser here? If I'm paying exactly. my financial advisor 5%, making 17%, you know, you're paying 1% and making seven. Who's the loser? Just do right? the math. Because that's exactly math. the math. The numbers don't lie. And people yep. don't want to dive that deep. You know, they want to put their head in the sand like an ostrich. Well, it's just easier to attach to that. It's easier to attach to the story we tell ourselves. Correct. Correct. Josh, do you do you spend a lot of time networking? I know you said you, you'll reach out to someone on social media and say, hey, let's grab coffee or hey. Are you like a, a networking event guy? Because there are some people that thrive in that space. Or, or how have you built such an extensive network? Um, like what, what's your strength? A relationship building. I don't care if it's through a networking event, um, one-on-one, internet, podcast, social media. It, there's so many different avenues, you know. Um, but the more people that get to know me, the better, right? So even if there's real estate agents out there that have never done a deal with me, as long as they know who I am and what I do, my clients have a better chance of getting their offer accepted. I've had real estate agents who've never done a deal with me accept my offer because they're like, oh, that's that's Josh G. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I know several agents that use him, bragged about him. Yeah, we should take his offer, you know, his buyer's offer because they're, they're solid. They'll get it done, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing. The, the further I can cast my net, the more influence I'm able to have. So, um, you know, I, I heard from a very wise man once. He said he'll take a cup of coffee with anybody because in those 15 minutes, it may change your life. The worst case, you had a cup of coffee that you're going to have anyway, right? So um, I'll meet with anybody, you know, and it could end up being a great uh, friendship. It could be a great business relationship or it could be shake hands and we never talk again. Mm-hmm. But always take that opportunity because, look, Michael Jordan said it best. You miss every shot. It was Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky. I think it was Wayne Gretzky. You miss every shot you don't take. And it was Jordan <laughs> who said, you got to take a shot at the hoop to score, right? Mm. 
So it's that same mentality. You've got to be in the game. You can't be on the sidelines. you got to let people know who you are because I tell my guys, right, I'm confident. I'm the best at what I do. So if I don't share that with others, I'm doing them a financial disservice by them not having an opportunity to meet me and help them build wealth for their family. Mm. So I put it back on myself. You know, if I, you know, if I'm not doing that, I'm actually hurting people. I, I like the way you say that. And I've, I've heard that before. I don't remember where I've heard, but something like that, right? Where it's like, okay, if I don't show somebody the value that I can add to them, you know, or the value that they may be missing from their, their lives or this, this thing that they're going through, somebody else might come in and not do the job that needs to be done and then end up hurting this person who I could have, you know, and just, just protected just with what I already do. Correct. But instead, you know, I was to myself, I held back. I didn't step out of, you know, my comfort zone because, you know, so, this is something for me that I know I've had to like grow out of over the past few years, right? It's especially being always in a sales position. Be more confident in what you know. You know, if you've taken your time to educate yourself on these things and you've, and you know you just want to do good by other people, people will pick that up, you know, and, right. and they'll want to now share that. Um, just as, you know, how, how we met, right? It wasn't. Right. Yeah. First five minutes, right? We could tell just like, wow, you know, we're sitting here just exchanging information, asking questions about, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Yeah. And we could tell right from there, oh, Nick, hey, man, we got to grab breakfast together. Right. You know, and then the and next it, week, the conversation. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it was genuine. It wasn't forced. There was no BS because, you, you know, you're going to yeah. anybody worth their salt is going to be able to smell a lot of BS a mile away. And it's just being thing. genuine. I wanted to know about you. Well, yeah. Who are you about? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and as, OK, there's some synergy there. Let's sit down, you know, yeah. and then after breakfast, we're like, wow, there really is a lot. And then he, mm-hmm. here we are. Right. Exactly. And I'm sure we're yeah. going to do some great things beyond this. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a 15 minute conversation, a 45 minute um, breakfast and look, we're going to get some business going. We're going to do big things. So 100%, there yeah. it is. Boom. You have to put yourself out there, you know, because you, yeah. I, I, I live a life of abundance, you know, and I put out into the universe what I want to get back. Right. Mm-hmm. So I put those good vibes. I put everything out because that's what I want in return. You know, mm. it, people wonder why, like, why I'm always being treated like an asshole. Well, cause you're mm-hmm. acting like one. <laughs> Right. It might be something there. Like it might, it can't be everybody else always saying something, right? Nobody wants to think, oh, maybe it's me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, it's never me. I'm perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but like on, you said, man. you know, it, it all really just comes down to like that mentality of just relationships over transactions. You know, it correct. Can't just be I value relationships idea. over transactions eight days a week. It's all about the relationship. Yeah. Man. That, cool. that was some heat. Yeah, it was. That I'll was drop another heat. one for you. So here's one for you since there's a lot of people Let's in sales, right? Yep. So, once the relationship is established, the sale naturally follows. There is no sale to be made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the word sales, right? It's a dirty word, mm-hmm. right? Anybody ever been sold, right? Sucks. Doesn't feel right? good. Think about it. You go to the used car lot, right? You're like, all right, I got 400 buck budget. I ain't going over that for my car. You walk out with a 475 payment, right? Because you fell in mm-hmm. love with the car. They hustled you. And you're like, damn. I overpaid for a car. I don't need all these features and benefits. I don't need all this. It's a dirty feeling, right? So I'm not in sales. I'm in relationships. Mm -hmm. I help people get what they want. You want to buy a house? I'm going to help you buy a house, you know? And by helping you reach your goals, I'm going to reach mine. That's the way it should be. Not me forcing your hand, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and saying you need to buy this. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm. So 
I mean, that's awesome. I guess an individual like you, right, super hyper-focused on relationships, has to educate themselves often, oh. right? You have to be versed in <laughs> speakers, sales. I, he sounds like it. Um, to walk to walk with confidence, you have to know what you're talking about. Or like um, you said, you'll smell your BS from a mile. 100%. So as the Kambay told you, every week we do a content wreck. What's yours for the people, Josh? Look, it can be you, anything. Book, you, podcast. Well, uh, you got to learn your craft, right? So whatever industry you're in, you got to learn it, right? So I, if you're selling Fords, you better know that car frontwards and backwards, right? Um, if you're a liquor distributor, you better know everything about whiskey, right? Don't don't bullshit me because I'll crush you, right? Mm. So learn your craft. And I'm going to challenge you. Is it your job or is it your career? Because most people that treat it like a job are not going to put the time in to learn their craft. But when it's your career and becomes a part of me, right, of my life and my synergy, right, then I want to be the best at what I do. And I'm going to learn that craft. So I learn everywhere. Any opportunity I have, I learn from someone, you know, um, I learn from those above me, below me, with me, my peers, you know, I'm like a sponge. So when I'm in a room, I'm always bending an ear. I'm always listening. So my biggest thing is really, I learn from others, you know, because there's people that have done this before me at a high level. I'm not into reinventing the wheel. I want to make it go faster. Mm -hmm. Right. So I learn from others Damn. and then I improve on it. I add the Josh G flavor to it. So I say, okay, you gave me this egg. This is great, but now I'm going to add my flavor to it. I'm going to kick it up. I'm going to make some sriracha with it, you know, throw a little pepper on it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to make it better what you gave me. So, you know, I'm not looking for an army of clones. Like when I teach, teach my staff, you know, mm -hmm. um, I teach them what I know, but put your own flavor on it, make it yours, embrace it. And I think that's a key to success is you don't want to come off well rehearsed. You know, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time reading books, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm all for that, mm -hmm. but a lot of them come off well rehearsed, you know, mm -hmm. and as soon as the conversation goes off script, you know, they're sitting here like, that is such a good point. Yeah. So you work so hard to sound like the people you've been reading about. And it's like, you can't even hold the conversation outside of it. Because it's not you. It's not who it's you not are. You, 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 you literally got to like osmosis or whatever, you know, <laughs> absorb it into you yeah. and, you know, talk to talk, but mm -hmm. you got to walk the walk and you have to have both sides of it. You can't just be all book smarts, right? I've done martial arts for years, right? So I could give you both gentlemen a book on Taekwondo and Kung Fu, right? Mm -hmm. And you could run it, you know, read it from cover to cover, right? And go, I know everything in this book. But guess what? If you step in, in on the octagon, you know, the lay tie, you're going to get, you're going to get put to sleep, right? Because you haven't had real world practice with it. Mm. So also the information that you gain, you also have to use it and apply it because if you're just regurgitating it, you're going to come off disingenuous and unauthentic and you're going to lose your audience. I love that. Mm. What, what did you so, say out of curiosity? What'd you study in Josh? I love uh, this stuff. Uh, traditional Wing Chun Kung Fu. So it was actually the form that Bruce Lee studied before he, he made Jeet Kune Do. Nice. I'm going to have to pick your brain about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime. Pick about that. Anytime. Went trained, like trained in studio, went through years of classes, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And and the, the principles of martial arts, um, 
really helping life helps in business um it's really mm-hmm. given me a leg up not just yeah. you know able to carry myself and have to defend myself if need be um it, it's gave me a lot of confidence um and the martial art principles um really really help in life and, and in business um mm-hmm. i i use that uh analogy you know with the book all the time like you, you could have all the book knowledge but you got to be able to apply it Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where a big disconnect is. Everybody walks around with these big brains. I know all this Funny stuff, knows. but they're trying to get it out of the funnel of their it. mouth and they can't articulate it. You and if they know. do, they just sound like, you know, they're quote movies, you know. And then if I interject something and then they're like, oh, it, shit, this just went off script. And they shut down and you can cool. see it all the time. So, you know, you don't want to come off rehearsed. It, it's got to be who you are. You got to cool. be genuine. I hate to throw a quote out there, but I feel like it's so relevant because wasn't it Bruce Lee who said it's like, I don't fear the man who practices 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man who practices one kick 10,000 times. Correct. Exactly. Yep. Right. And Bruce Lee said a lot of great stuff, you know, like he also said it's the art of fighting without fighting. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like you don't always have to go scrap. There's other ways. Yeah. Next thing you know, the dude's off in the boat and the kids are laughing. I'm like, ha, 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 you know, so you you can win the mind game. You don't have to play the physical game. You know, and Bruce Lee's like, you know, be like water. I did a video on it. You'll mm-hmm. see it on my Instagram. I was actually you know, just looking takes, at that one. Yeah, it yep. takes many different forms and water is so powerful, you know. So there's so many great principles that you can apply in your life, your personal life, your business, you know, but you anything that you learn, you have to make it a part of you. Otherwise, I, I I don't think it holds water. <laughs> mm, that's that's different. I don't, that's that's yep. some actionable content right there. That Become was a student con- of your craft. People. Yeah, content rec is is just basically walk the walk. If you're going to talk yes. the talk, right. you want to utilize gonna- our content recs that we're talking about. That's fine. Take them, but then walk the walk too. Wow, correct. Wow. I like mm-hmm. being disruptive in a positive manner. That's what Shit. I do. I say, I that come was, here to disrupt. That was different. <laughs> you know what? That I, was different. Can I pivot to mine then? Yeah, I'm about to let's go. Because I, I got to walk the walk then. Yeah, I just got to listen to that part again tomorrow morning when I wake up. It just And I'm I'm going. Bro, you're going to love this guy. So I think Josh yeah. will like him too because he's a, a creator. Okay. So it, I'm a huge YouTube guy. I love okay, awesome. listening to YouTube when I drive. <laughs> it's terrible, it. terrible practice because uh, I look at it a lot too. Um the guy's name is James ESL, Eng- Engvid, E-N-G-V-I-D, James ESL English Lessons. And it's this British guy who does just multiple videos on mm. ways to speak better. Simple things. The one mm. video that I just watched recently, it's a 20-minute video it's called Stop Saying Very. Everyone says very. He's like, very is a very good word mm-hmm. when you can stay instead very is an excellent word mm-hmm. or in, in removing very from the equation instead of saying I'm very tired mm-hmm. um, I, I'm exhausted this conversation is very boring Just this conversation like is words. dull mm-hmm. there is it's it will make you sound better and make you sound more engaged and I watched it and I'm sitting there thinking to myself wow I'm very stupid <laughs> <laughs> whereas in reality I should have said I'm dull I'm an idiot um, and it, it was I love stuff like that where when you hear it immediately it makes you think about what you do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I'm going to try to walk the walk. It opens I'm going to try to stop saying very yeah. in conversation. Yeah. Word, words matter, right? Yes. And and people don't realize that. you you. I could say one word to somebody and absolutely hurt them. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of hurtful words out there, right? And we don't want to use them. We don't want to repeat them, right? But there's other regular, ordinary words that are terrible, like comfortable, right? Everybody mm-hmm. loves the word comfortable. Who doesn't love a comfortable couch? Mm-hmm. I hate it. Because yeah. a comfortable couch leads to inactivity. 
being comfortable, you don't do what you need to do, right? And as soon as you're comfortable in your business, get ready to get your back kicked in, right? Mm -hmm. But like stuff I say, like I'm calculated and people are like, oh my God, that's a horrible word. And no, I am calculated. I am calculated ahead, three to five moves ahead. I am, my business planning is three to five years out. Because if I'm not doing that and being calculated and making strategic moves for me and my team, I'm responsible for other people and their families. So, yeah, I'm calculated. I'm not comfortable. So exactly what you said, words matter. But, you know, everybody, very, very happy to be here. I'm ecstatic that I'm here. Right. Yes, exactly. So the, the sharing that passion. So you're exactly right. Word choice is, is very, very important. So that that's extremely powerful. But now you're going to embrace that and make that part of who you are. And then therefore it doesn't come off forced or rehearsed and it becomes you embody it. Yes. And now you are a better person. Correct. Or you're trying it's, to be better. And the yeah, fact correct. That and that's all. Look, I'm never going to hurt anybody, criticize anybody trying to be better. You know, like you'll see you'll see an overweight person at the gym hustling and people yeah. are like, oh, you know, look at that. I'm like, yo. They ain't here busting they, they're yeah, here yeah. busting their butt, getting after yeah. it, trying to slim down. Oh, you'll never don't, hear that. Don't, from don't throw shade. Yeah. Don't throw hate. Who we are actually, you? We dislike those people so much. Yeah, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a 45 plate at their head. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're they're physically trying to change the problem. Yep. They're, they're addressing the they're problem. They're taking action. I love yeah. it. So yeah. Josh, before Dikembe gives his content wreck of the week, when you're walking through like IKEA or Raymore Flanagan, <laughs> do you look for the worst, like least comfortable couch? <laughs> when do you lay on them and you're like, oh man, this sucks to this, sit on. I'll take it. it. This, this is, is it. Can't no, sit here too I'm, long. I'm guilty. I have a very comfortable couch. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Try not to get trapped on it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. It's a reminder. It's like we can have nice things, but let's not enjoy it too long. Right. Correct. Right. That's Correct. It. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. How you gonna end us, man? My content wreck. You know, I actually posted this on on Instagram yesterday. You know, I'm trying to move through my books this year. So latest book I'm on now is Zero to One. Um, by Peter Thiel, I think is how you pronounce his last name, right? He was uh, one of the founders and one of the main guys behind PayPal, right? One of the, I guess, like most futuristic thinkers, like right now you think people who are thinking 10, 20, 30 years down the road where society, bigger than just, you know, the micro problems we have right now, but some of the problems we should be solving and should be addressing, right? He he tries to address a lot of those problems and he now relates this to how you can you use that same thinking for your business, for your startup, right? Instead of thinking, oh, what is the, what is next week's issue, right? What is the issue I'm going to have next month? Where do you see your business five years from now? What type of growth can you see, you know, from your business if you're really thinking that far out and not just thinking about the, you know, he really, in the, where I'm at right now, he really weighs the differences between looking at your business in a competitive market versus trying to set up your business as a monop- monopolistic t- style business, right? People don't like, talking about like well they don't like looking at businesses as monopolies and saying oh you know they're so bad they're taking over everything but if you build your business with the type of with the intent yes of trying to control you know a certain segment or a certain market because you know you're going to give out a product a service a need right something of value that is at that level right that everybody wants to eat it up why would you not want to set your business up that way of course instead of competing with the next guy who may also be putting out a trash product now you're going to compete with the trash product mm-hmm. instead of saying, I'm not going to worry about these guys. Let me think 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. What's like, the name of that book? Like PayPal was thinking zero to one, right? It's like, okay, because you, and that's it because people always say like, oh, let me recreate this. It's like, no, how can you just go from zero to one? You know what I mean? With your, let's take this 
as simple as it sounds, it's also very great because you're going from nothing to something major. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. PayPal wasn't Huge. small. Right. And then just and people may know, you know, PayPal was also associated with Elon Musk. He talks about, oh, I could have sat there with Elon and gone back and forth because Elon had a company that was very similar to PayPal before they joined up. Right. And then he said, OK, they realized at a certain point where the where the tech bubble was going at that time, early 2000s, it was better for us to join up because of where we saw our vision going for this entire market, this this area that we're building into. And now, of course, you see the, the success of PayPal, you see the success of Elon Musk. Right. And all the people now he's now come in contact with the Bill Gates of the world, you know, the Mark Zuckerberg sitting there talking about how Mark Zuckerberg turned down a billion dollar deal from Yahoo back in like 2006. And Mark walked in the office and was like, guys, this is just a formality. Um, we're not really going to do this. I understand where this business is going to be in 10, 20 years. So, yeah, this should be quick. Yeah, I, dude, I, it's just the mindset it ties back to everything Josh has been saying yep. this whole podcast and just acting on it. Yep. So once you open up your awareness, open up your eyes, like you said. Just start walking it. Mm-hmm. Walking the walk. Walk it like you talk. I love it. I love it, gentlemen. Josh, any final notes or send offs for everyone listening, and then just reiterate where they can reach you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I love the the fire, the intensity here. Thank you for letting me come on and hopefully drop some knowledge bombs on everybody. Um, anybody that wants to give me a follow, you can see mm-hmm. it at who is Josh G. I'll follow you back. I post a lot of motivational uh, content, uh, both for your business and your personal life. Would love to get to know you. Would love to get in business with you. Um, so feel free to reach out. The more people I meet, the better. Um, my final sign off, I, I think, you know, just to recap what we talked about, you know, today um, is, is mindset. A lot of your mindset, you know, um, you know, talk to talk. You got to walk to walk. You know, you want to improve upon yourself. You got to take action. Mm-hmm. Nobody got rich. Nobody made their life better sitting on the sidelines. So get up and do. Don't wait for somebody to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Do it yourself. Make it yours. Take ownership. And let's go. Mm, let's go. Let's get it. Let's go. Get off the sidelines. Let's go. Everybody's fired up. We're fired up in the studio. And as always, enjoy the first sip.